This is Chris from Lenore City, Tennessee, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dollar Moore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right. Thank you for joining us this 263rd episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore. And sitting across from me, chilly and chattering her teeth, the lovely, talented, freezing cold, Brittany Page. You know, what happened to me? I don't know. You're <laughs> It's quite you're kind embarrassing. Of a wuss. I know. It's really embarrassing. I thought that I could hold my ability to withstand the cold over other Californians. Not anymore. But I'm clearly not. It is 61 degrees outside, and I have been walking around saying, I'm freezing. We're inside, and you're still complaining. Yeah, and I... We don't record the show out on some windy beach. We're inside. Right, so I, I lived most of my life in... Meridian, Idaho. Yeah. And Boise, Idaho. Right. And right now it's 14 degrees there. Right. (laughs) Which I love. I love the cold. Yeah. And so you'd think that I would think 61 degrees is hot. I'm in in shorts and a t-shirt right now, Uh which I spent all day in shorts, t-shirts, and flip-flops running around, going to the store. And it's, it's not cold enough to be complaining about it being cold. Well, apparently it is. Because I have thick socks on. You're also amazing listen, you flannel just, PJs. You just like to whine. You like to, it's too hot. You complain. It's too. So what is perfect? <laughs> is there like a one degree or two degree variant that it's okay? You I don't thought complain? this was perfect. I thought this was perfect. <laughs> and now I'm cold. I don't know what to do. Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently not. So it is Christmas season, as you well know. It is. In fact, if you're Christmas shopping, just. We should just get it, it out of the way. Impromptu, just bring it up. Uh-huh. Go to dollamore.com slash Amazon and click through and do some Amazon shopping there, some Christmas shopping. That would be awesome. That's not what I want to talk about, though, although well, that would be a great intro that people would be clicking off their devices everywhere. Uh-huh. We were at a Christmas party last weekend, and yes. the topic came up. So we were talking about TV shows or something, and someone offered i believe this is how it came up someone offered for us to use their netflix or hulu or hbo or some kind of password Mm -hmm. i think that's how it came up and i very uncomfortably declined and it was like an awkward thing and i said well no i I said that's just not uh, that's like stealing for me i believe you actually said it like this yeah that's stealing yeah that is actually probably how it went down (laughs) It was a little uh, at a party, reactionary. At a party, really, I didn't know anyone except for the host. Uh-huh. And this was having a conversation with someone I didn't really know. And, you know, that's just how Jesse rolls. That's 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 the... That's that's Jesse summed up. Mm-hmm. Is I just... I say what's in my heart. No? Yes, you do. And so we had a long discussion about both... Um, giving away music or trading music that you didn't purchase and being maybe it's because I'm a content creator now but but, but I think my feeling on this is it goes far beyond long before 
I was a content creator because I've always been uncomfortable because it is stealing. People, if they get paid for it on a venue, whether it be, you know, selling a CD with music on it mm-hmm. or creating a, a multi-million dollar television program and you download it or get it for free and you don't go through the standard method by which you pay for it, that's stealing. Mm-hmm. I still feel that way. There's no way around it. Yeah. So I... We uh, kind of... I just hijacked the story, but... Yeah. Well, I I agree with you. And I used to be someone who, when I was a teenager, downloaded music illegally. And, I have done it too. And it infected all my laptops and, because I didn't know how to do it correctly. <laughs> you use like Pirate Bay or one of those. Yeah. And you download the song and it, it says that it's by the wrong artist. So you go your whole life believing it's the wrong artist. And then you tell people <laughs> that and then they make fun of you. And this isn't a personal story. I'm just saying that that could happen right. potentially. And <laughs> it was not good doing that. Right. <laughs> and now I buy all my music. Yeah. Yeah. I buy it on iTunes. And I think that used to be a foreign concept for people. Wait a minute, you you buy your music? No one still, buys I think their that's music. Still a foreign concept to many people. Yeah, but I do. Well, we were it was almost like we were being shamed. <laughs> I did I didn't feel shamed. It was just a weird it was, the entire conversation was weird because also this wasn't a bunch of poor people we were having a party with. These were people with money. And it just fucking weirds me out when people of means are okay. Now the one gentleman did bring up, he said, "Well, What's the difference if you give away the password and they're using it when you're not using it? So really only one, it kind of made sense to me, but still made me too uncomfortable to do that. Yeah. I also think it's just become so common, right? People sharing passwords that it doesn't seem like stealing. It's stealing. Listen, it's stealing. See, this is the reaction. This is the reaction. Brittany's very uncomfortable right now. I'm not very uncomfortable. You seem very uncomfortable of of how certain I am about it. (laughs) The views and opinions expressed by (laughs) Jesse Dallimore are solely those of Jesse Dallimore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more reasonable in her views and analysis. So I I guess what that means is Brittany is okay with stealing. No. And and Jesse Dallimore, very moral and upstanding, upright human being, and he's not. How dare you? I would like to know what the audience thinks. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We would love to hear from you about this. Let's move on. We've got a lot to get to. First of all, let's say this. We are done now. Brittany is done with this semester of grad school. She's moving in after this break. She's going into her final semester of graduate school. And we are back on track to have a normal schedule of two shows a week. And we are looking forward to that. So if you are a new listener and you're just catching us on Mondays normally, this is not a a once a week podcast. This is a twice a week podcast. We drop episodes on Thursday morning and on Monday morning. So if you were thinking that you were, you, you were in for a, in for a once a week deal, you're uh, it's a little treat for you. Uh huh. <laughs> so that is good, good news, and congratulations to Brittany for well, uh, for making it through yet another 
semester. We'll see because the grades have not posted yet, which means that my self-worth is undetermined right. as of right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, th- let's do this before we move on. We, we got an email. Uh, actually, we, we listen, we have a listener. His name is John. And John has been listening to all of our back episodes. This is not something I recommend. Not at all. In this fact, is, don't. Yeah, Brit- Stop. Brittany would not want you to do this, but this is not something that I recommend because it, we're such a topical show that if you're listening to shows from three years ago, you're not... Uh, it's like, oh, this is what they thought about you know, Donald Sterling with the Los Angeles Clippers. You're going way back. But he point, he point right now he's on episode 47 of the show. And my mouth, as filthy as it is now, and as I am, I am not averse to cursing at all. But as, know. as bad as as it, as it is now, it used to be way, way worse. And he's on episode 47 right now, where a listener downloaded the episode and cut it up and isolated all of the times that I cursed in one single episode. And listen, we need to warn everybody because... <laughs> This is insane. Yeah. It, yeah. So it's, a, it's borderline embarrassing for me to hear it <laughs> on behalf of Jesse. I'm not embarrassed so, at all. Well, I'm embarrassed for you. I still um, I still talk like this for the most part. All right. Let's stop. Okay. Uh, so if you have children around you for some reason while you're listening to the show, just send them away because yeah, this or, is going to be, they're going to wonder what in the hell is going on. Or if you have headphones on that are too loud, send them away. Fucking, 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 fucking bullshit, fucking pieces of shit, fucking every other fucking, there's no fucking conflict ever fucking made. Piece of shit, I've shit on the movies, up his own ass, shitty fucking worse. Shittiness, shit, up my own ass, shut her fucking mouth. Fuck, we get it. Shit's on me, utterly fucked. There's no fucking solution. It's a no fucking win. Doing bad shit. Terrible shit. Terrible shit. Same kind of shit. So fuck both of them. They're both fucked. Both assholes. Digging his fucking hole fucking wrong. Smug prick. Fucking rape. Dumbass. Pinuing to dig his fucking hole. Uber. Ah, fuck you guys. I kind of fucked up. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe I'm not seeing something. There's no fucking secret. Fucking whatever. Viruses don't need a fucking passport. Cowardly fucking weasels. But I'm also not shitting. It's that it's their fucking home. (laughs) Penetrate. Fucking goddamn. I mean, fuck fucking bad people. Goddamn. Fucking brain. Keep a fucking eye on this guy. Bullshit. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Fucking Ikea. Shitty bunk bed. Fucking hilarious. Shit. Goddamn. Fuck. On such a shitty note. <laughs> Jesus. It's so bad. It's so great. No. What are you talking about? I do not appreciate it. Well, if you go back and listen, and like I said, Brittany would really not like that. A lot of this was me shitting on Richard, Richard Dawkins, if you remember. Because this is right around the time he was tweeting all the ridiculous stuff. I may be wrong about that. John would have to correct me because I I didn't go back. I just found this in an email because a listener named Sean put it together and sent it to us. So anyway, that's kind of a blast from the past, which I we got a lot of new listeners over the course of the last 220 some episodes. You know what I mean? This was early days, Brittany Page. So has it been difficult to fill your talking time with words other than the F word? No. 
I I have a, I think an, an advanced vocabulary. Uh-huh. Cursing doesn't mean you don't you, you don't know other words I, as I s- struggle for a word. I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying that. I don't I don't believe that. But we we can both admit that that was a bit excessive for yeah, one episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed like everything was being described in the same way. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> You feeling... were talking about many different topics in the same way. <laughs> And we we've we've altered the method by which we deliver the show now. We, yes. we don't do that. Yes, and listen, I I don't mind if people go back and listen. It's actually it's very nice. I take that as a compliment that people want to go back and listen. I'm just saying that the show was not very great in the beginning. It's changed a lot, um, and and that's the only opposition that I have really is just on behalf of the listeners for you to not be tortured. Well, I think, listen, I think there is something to be said for going back and listening for the fact that it is a, a representation of how you can change your opinion over time. Because I'm I'm a lot more liberal now than I was three years ago based just on seeking out the evidence and having open, frank conversations. And that's a good thing. So that that right there is just a benefit in and of itself. One more blast from the past, and then we're going to go on with some voicemails. And that would be this, for listeners who haven't been around, we stuck with this for quite a while. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's my favorite. It really is. That is a bringer of joy right there. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand what that is, it's... uh... It was a Vine or a YouTube video... Of Mariah Carey, right? Is that it's Mariah Carey? Yeah, but they're they're explaining that it's difficult to sing along to the song. That's right. So they're they're basically saying that you sound like a a goat when you try to hit that high Mariah note. Is that a goat? I think it's a deer. Well, whatever it is. <laughs> Do goats make noises? Uh, yeah, goats are evil, insane. Evil. Noise. Oh yeah, it's evil no good. and insane. Yeah, it's it's a uh, maddening. Mm. Yeah, got it. That's why you know devil worshippers love the goat so much because it's such <laughs> a a vile creature. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh. All right. Well, let's move on to some voicemails on that vile note. Our first one is a little bit of follow up talking about what we our intro topic last week was with Brittany and the phone number repeating. Hi guys, it's uh, Carwin from Texas. Uh, just calling to tell you that uh, personally, if uh, I'm repeating the number every couple of digits, uh, I'm not really writing it down. I'm just doing that to make people think that I'm writing it down, and it's kind of just like a, a little thing that I I sometimes do when I have no intention of calling somebody back uh, to make them feel better about it. But I know that's a terrible thing to do, and uh, shouldn't waste people's time like that. But He hopes to continue listening. That puts that that puts a lot of pressure on us. Mm-hmm. We got to keep up the the work here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have some advice for him because this is not a good idea. The and the repeating back with no intention of calling or even writing the number down. Yeah. See, not writing the number down <laughs> because 
this happened to me one time. I worked as a receptionist and we would get a lot of calls that I knew my boss wouldn't care about or respond to. So as soon as I knew that that was the case and they said, you know, can I leave my number? I'd say, yeah, sure, go ahead. And I would, you know, be texting while they're saying their number. I don't care, you know. And then they would say, okay, uh, can you read that back to me just so I make sure you have it? Uh, um, <laughs> no. Let me guess that that was the only time that you acted as though you wrote the number down, but didn't. Yeah, I think what I said was, you know, actually, why don't you give it to me again? Just so I make sure that I have it, because... You know that they know, right? You didn't fool anybody. Yeah, They're like, ah, this shitbag. Yeah, (laughs) they were right. They were right in their assessment. So be careful there, Carwin. I think it's Carwin. Mm -hmm. Be careful with uh, doing that, because that method might just backfire on you. You might get called out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it very much. All right, next phone call, moving into politics and away from intro topics, is Stephen from California. Hi, Jesse and Brittany. This is Stephen from San Joaquin County, California, just south of Sacramento. And I just listened to your guys' last podcast. I forget which number it was, but you guys were talking about Trump's cabinet. And I noticed, I went to a Washington Post article, WashingtonPost.com article that was posted on December 10th, and it had Linda McMahon, as in of the Vince McMahon WWE family, as his nominee for the small business administration, the head of the small business administration. And now, I know that his choice for other cabinet members like Mattis for defense and General Kelly from Homeland Security and Ben Carson for housing and urban development has scared a lot of people. But I got to be honest, the appointment of Linda McMahon, a billionaire like Linda McMahon, to the Small Business Administration kind of scares me a, a, a lot more than some of the other appointments do. And I was wondering what your guys' take on that was. <clears throat> Again, uh, thanks for everything you guys do. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. I would say this. Well, first of all, thank you for the phone call. We appreciate it very much. I I would be out of lockstep with you um, for the fact that I don't think the Small Business Administration has much effect on really that wide a swath of America. For instance, the policies of the Small Business Administration is not going to affect me or Brittany at all. Not at all. The way I understand the Small Business Administration is that it's really a, a facilitator relative to loans, low interest um, loans to start businesses and help um, marginalized groups, you know, women, minorities start businesses. So it's not going to have as it's not really going to touch as many Americans as, let's say, the the Department of the Treasury, you know, Mnuchin. It's not going to affect Americans, as many Americans as like health and human services or housing and urban development. Those p- positions really are going to cover America and touch millions and millions and millions of people more so than HUD. But let me say this. I think it was the New York Times, maybe the Washington Post that just did an article talking about the education drop-off of this particular cabinet, of the Donald Trump cabinet, that you know he puts in Rick Perry to be the energy secretary, who, by all accounts, barely graduated college. 
He he flunked and got D's in like ridiculous classes. And he's replacing a theoretical physicist, a guy with a PhD from Stanford. That is unconscionable that this new cabinet, one, is possesses the wealth of like one third of America. These 16 or 18 people possess more wealth than 33% of the country. And their education level is well, far, far less than the previous captain. Listen, Rick Perry took four chemistry courses. Okay, that's a lot. <laughs> and listen, he got two C's, a D, and an F. So he passed most of them. Well, what would his GPA be? And he got a C in physics. He passed C's get degrees. <laughs> Isn't that what they say? C's di- get degrees. That's that's what they say. What's the joke? The What do you call a guy who graduates last in his class from medical school? I have not heard this one. Yeah, you call him fucking doctor. It's what you call him. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard that one. It's just not that great, so I didn't commit it to memory. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wish I had crickets right here. <laughs> wow. Okay, but but I do want to say that this Linda McMahon situation is concerning only for the fact that it's embarrassing. For sure embarrassing. Like, also, and it's a buddy of his. Like, the majority of the appointments have been embarrassing or concerning yeah so yeah linda mcmahon (laughs) really i mean seriously she wasn't just the ceo of the wwe smackdown raw or whatever all those stupid (laughs) fucking programs are triple h yeah that's a a dude right that's a character i don't know i just thought it would it's it's the fact that she wasn't just the CEO. She was a character uh-huh. who would be like wheeled out in a wheelchair. She would appear in the ring shaving her husband's hair. It was it's it's insane. Uh oh. Well, I pulled a bunch of screenshots oh. on one of my videos. No, I didn't watch that yeah, bullshit. It seems like you know quite a bit. <laughs> you just pulled a lot from the catalog. I. Listen. <laughs> you also immediately felt the need to start explaining My face it away. Is really red right now. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody got caught. <laughs> no, absolutely not. The reason I knew Triple H is because of the T-shirt you're wearing right now. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> For the record, I'm wearing a Prince in the Revolution. Yeah. T-shirt. That is true. Right now. Thanks a lot for the call, Stephen. We appreciate it very much. All right, next caller, Dan from Oceanside. Hey guys. Dan from Oceanside. I'm just trying to keep up to date with uh, this the CIA kind of briefings on on the hacking deal, and I'm just left with you know something that during the the RNC there was a meme going around like something about imagine if Obama showed up to you know the the convention with his third wife when he's had five kids with three different women. Uh, when he's not devoutly religious, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and how much people would lose their goddamn minds if it was Obama, but Trump, somehow it's okay. And I'm left with, can you imagine Republicans that are now saying, oh, you know, what, the the Russians hacked? Oh, that's fine. Or like, oh, he's he put in another pro-Russian uh, cabinet member with Russian ties who gets civilian awards from the Russians? Oh, that's fine. Can you imagine if Barack Obama did any of this, how much people would be losing their minds. Uh, it just goes to show me again that it, it just people's principles are, are like, you know, a mile wide and an inch deep. Uh, 
and the fact that our sovereignty as a country is being tested right now and they're like oh this is a funny like kind of subtext to this you know won't history think this is funny later like this is some we're being manipulated by a, a third party a party that we're not particularly friendly with in in the the russian state you know um this is serious stuff and this should result in a in a in a re-election because this is this is an illegitimate election as far as uh I'm concerned it seems like even a bunch of people on the right are. So, anyways, guys, just call the vent. Love the show. Uh, would love you guys to focus on this particular topic because I can't really imagine of anything more important kind of in the history of the country. So, uh, keep at it. Have a good one. You're in luck, Dan from Oceanside. <laughs> because Dollamocracy is not completely focused on this, but largely focused on this very thing. And I agree with you 100%. Being a kid who was raised in the 80s, being a kid who had a, a reoccurring nightmare about nuclear war at the hands of the Russians, this is a big deal. This is monumental. With Ronald Reagan being a guy who was a foe of the Soviet Union, he named them the evil empire. You know, Obama recently said that he'd be rolling over in his grave if he knew that his Republican Party was cozying up with Putin. I mean, just look at who Russia, who they are allied with. Bashar al-Assad, Iran, the bad actors on the global foreign relations stage, Russia is very cozy with. That is a problem. And Republicans right now, if you voted for Trump, shame on you. If you support now, if you support Trump now, shame on you because you need to choose country over party and principle over party because if you are allying with Trump in his dragging us down this road to partner with Russia in any way that is a problem it is un-American and it baffles me it really baffles me Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode, as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I Doubt It with Dollamore. Andrew. Andrew. Andrew, thank you so much. You are our latest patron PayPal supporter, and we really appreciate your support. It is awesome. And your stickers are on the way. Actually, they're not yet, but they likely will be this next week sometime. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's just let's be honest yes. about things. Mm-hmm. I appreciate also, that. Those of you who did receive your stickers, we would love to see where they ended up. Yes. That's a, that would be a beautiful thing for us. You could share it on the Facebook page. You could tweet at us, at I Doubt It Podcast. You can email us, whatever. We'd love to, to show those off and see where they ended up. That would be great. Also, if you want stickers, another way to do it besides becoming a Patreon or PayPal supporter is to leave us a review on iTunes and send us an email 
and let us know that you did that with your username and we will send you stickers. Also, you'll need to give us your address, obviously. Yeah, we uh, we appreciate the iTunes reviews. They really do help get us and the, the show in front of new listeners because if there's a lot of review activity, iTunes, for some reason, thinks that that's a... Well, we think it's great too, but they they... We get shown to new... I don't know how it works. I'm not a smart guy. So anyway, thanks you guys very much. We appreciate it. We love you. Stalemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. All right. Going right in to what Dan was talking about in his call, the CIA... Let's put it this way, 17 different, separate, independent intelligence agencies in the United States have all come to the same conclusion that Russia was actively involved in swaying the election toward Donald Trump. Even Fox News has come out and agreed that this is the case. Now, Shep Smith is not your typical Fox News host. He is more of an independent. He is more of a, a free thinker. He speaks for himself. But here is Shep Smith talking about this in, this entire fiasco with Trump and the Russians. First from the Fox News deck on this Monday afternoon, the stunning conclusion from all 17 U.S. national intelligence agencies, all of them in lockstep, that the Russian government did intervene in the U.S. presidential election and is now bringing bipartisan action. The top Republican in the United States Senate, Republican, mind you, says it will investigate whether Russian hackers tried to help Donald Trump win the election. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell also said Moscow's meddling cannot be a partisan issue. Mitch McConnell said Russia's reported hacking, its invasion of Crimea, its opposition to NATO all come together to prove Moscow is trying to undermine America. I'm going to pause it right there. Because Mitch McConnell is a goddamn coward. Mitch McConnell had this information in September. And not only didn't do anything about it, he threatened the White House and said, if you say anything about this, we're going to say that this is completely political. Now that Donald Trump, he won the election. Now McConnell's acting like, oh yeah, this is a big deal. But to what end? It doesn't matter now because Trump won. He's also saying it shouldn't be a partisan issue, but now it's too late. Right. Because it is a partisan issue. And it was then too. In September. And 538 wrote an awesome article about this. All of a sudden, Russia has become a partisan issue. They say for decades, opinions about Russia haven't varied much by party, even during the Cold War. According to the General Social Survey, which tracked opinions on the Soviet Union and later Russia from 1974 to 1994, the percentage of Democrats and Republicans who gave the country a positive score was quite similar. The difference between Democrats and Republicans' opinion on the country was never greater than 7 percentage points. Despite long Republican campaigns of anti-communism, the same has generally been true in recent years. But then fast forward to a YouGov survey conducted over the weekend. 31% of Republicans categorized Russia as an ally or as friendly to the United States. But only 16% of Democrats said the same. That's now a 15 percentage point gap by party. 
15 percentage points right. when it has never been over seven percentage points. And it's only because they are running to their tribe, right? That's defending right. their tribe. Well, defending their orange face Fuhrer, Donald Trump, who is in league with, with Putin. He's putting people in place in his cabinet that are in league with Putin. He, his former campaign manager, Paul Manafort, has deep, deep financial ties in Russia. Right. And I know we want to get back to the clip, but I want to read this quote before we do, because it applies to what we were just saying. This is a quote from Peter Wenner, and he says, Republicans shrugging off Russian intervention in our election is a perfect illustration of what Jonathan Haidt refers to as motivated reasoning. Motivated reasoning afflicts both parties. In this case, Republicans who would normally confront Russia are now indifferent to its actions. What we're seeing is intellectual dishonesty, people acting as members of a team or tribe rather than how truth seekers would act. And I would say should act as well. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing to keep in mind, and we will get to the clip right now, is Vladimir Putin is the former head of the KGB. Let that sink in. Trump's buddy, Trump's puppet master, was the head of the Soviet Union's intelligence arm. That should send shivers up each and every spine listening to the sound of my voice. Well, let me just speak for myself. Uh, the Russians Mitch are not McConnell. our friends. And I think we ought to approach all of these issues on the assumption that the Russians uh, <coughs> do not wish us well. Well, this comes after two of Donald Trump's biggest Republican critics, Senators John McCain and Lindsey Graham, joined incoming Democratic minority leader Chuck Schumer and the Democratic Senator Chuck, Jack Reed in calling for a bipartisan investigation. Sen- Senator McConnell says that it's hard to believe any Republicans could in any way ever be against reviewing these Russian tactics. Except for the fact that you did, and you were against it in September of this year. Mere months ago, Mitch McConnell, Majority Leader McConnell, Republican Leadership McConnell, you were against it. You blocked it. You threatened the White House. Coward. Politically motivated. Willing to sell your country out to a foreign enemy in order to get your guy elected. But President-elect Donald Trump has called the CIA's assessment ridiculous. A fact, a, a statement he based on nothing. Tweeting today, can you imagine if the election results were the opposite and we tried to play the Russia CIA card? It would be called a conspiracy theory. Unless you catch hackers in the act, it's very hard to determine who was doing the hacking. Why wasn't this brought up before the election? It was brought up before the election. Over and over and over again. U.S. officials absolutely did say before the election that Russian hackers stole emails from Democratic officials and gave them to the website WikiLeaks. But according to the Washington Post, the New York Times, and the CIA has since determined it was all part of an effort to help Donald Trump, not simply to disrupt the election, but to help Donald Trump. And 17 national security agencies are in on this assessment. The New York Times reports the hackers also targeted the Republican computer systems, but never released any stolen information there. So we don't know what they got, but we know that our intelligence agencies say they hacked into Republican computers, too. And then there's the RNC chairman, Reince Priebus, who says nobody hacked their computers. And President-elect Trump says the hacking claims are all just sour grapes from Democrats, which is absolutely not true. 
These are the findings of 17 national security agencies with evidence compiled before the election even happened. Still, here's what Trump told Fox News Sunday anchor Chris Wallace in an interview that aired just yesterday. They have no idea if it's Russia or China or somebody. It could be somebody sitting in a bed someplace. I mean, they have no idea. So why would the CIA put out the story that the Russians wanted you to Well, win? I'm not sure they put it out. I think the Democrats are putting it out because they suffered one of the greatest defeats in the history of politics in this country. That's not, that is not true. The, the National <laughs> Intelligence Agency's put this out, and now there's a bipartisan investigation into it, one which Donald Trump is against. After the assessment for the intelligence agency is that the Russians attacked our, attacked our election. The White House also says that the Obama administration will conduct its own review and focus on any breaches from countries other than Russia. Two sources within the Trump transition team tell Fox News that the president-elect is expected to nominate the Exxon CEO Rex Tillerson to be the secretary of state. As the head of one of the world's largest oil companies, Rex Tillerson has close ties to none other than Vlad Putin and the Kremlin. Putin, back in 2013, awarded him the Russian Order of Friendship, an honor for a foreign citizen. How's that sit with you, America? Rex Tillerson, CEO of ExxonMobil. No friend to the environment. No friend to America as it's looking. Got the, the, the Order of, of Friendship. It's like the Presidential Medal of Freedom in Russia. This man is a friend of Vladimir Putin. There are all kinds of pictures all over the internet of him being real chummy with an enemy head of state. This should be alarming to every American. This should be alarming to every party. This isn't just a matter of Democrat-Republican. This isn't a partisan issue. This is a patriotism issue. Well, and John McCain was the first Republican to come out and say that Rex Tillerson, <laughs> I need to get used to that name, <laughs> is this relationship that he has with Vladimir Putin is problematic. He says, I don't know what Mr. Tillerson's relationship with Vladimir Putin was, but I'll tell you it is a matter of concern to me. You want to give the president of the United States the benefit of the doubt because the people have spoken, but Vladimir Putin is a thug, bully, and murderer, and anybody else who describes him as anything else is lying. He's not the only one. Marco Rubio also came out. Marco Rubio, and also unlikely people are coming out against Trump, people who were very vocal insanely vocal, violently vocal supporters. Former Congressman Joe Walsh is the guy who said, if Hillary wins, I'm going to pick up my musket. He, I mean, threatening like armed revolt and armed revolution against the government if Hillary won. He's a goofball on a Twitter. A total goofball. Mm -hmm. Well, he was on with Brooke Baldwin, and I was shocked at the discussion and his point of view about Donald Trump's perspective on the Russian hacking. A showdown looming between Congress and President-elect Donald Trump over Russia's alleged interference in the election. The CIA says, yep, the Russians wanted to help Trump win. Trump says, that is ridiculous. He says he doesn't buy it. One of Trump's supporters, former Republican Congressman Joe Walsh, is not so happy with Trump. He joins me from Chicago. Congressman, a pleasure. Welcome. 
Hey, Brooke. Good to be with you, Brooke. Okay, so I spent a bit of time reading your tweets. Uh, you, sir, are angry. Tell me why. I was, you know, I, I went on my tweet storm this weekend, Brooke, because I'm outraged at the lack of outrage, uh, especially on my side, the Republican side. I get that the country's divided, but my God, a, a foreign government interfered with our election. That should piss everybody off. That should especially anger my side. And, and, and it's like, Brooke, because our guy won. Trump won. Uh, we're going to keep our mouths shut. I mean, that's just so wrong. The tepid so response from Republicans. So you, just so I'm clear, you believe the CIA assessment that, yes, indeed, Russia's intent was to meddle to get Trump to win? Oh, my gosh, Brooke, there's no debate. It, it happened. I mean, again, not, not to parrot Hillary, 17 agencies said they interfered. This Washington Post report this weekend made clear it's a fact. And then for Donald Trump, I mean, everybody, look, all, all Republicans and Democrats in D.C. know that they interfered with this election. For Donald Trump to call it ridiculous and not believe it, he ought to be ashamed of himself. So, so I know that you agree. I, I saw, you know, one of your tweets that you had retweeted the former CIA acting director, Mike Morrell, who essentially compared this yeah. to being the, the political 9-11. But at the same time, you know, you're a Trump supporter. And this is the guy you voted for. This is the guy you supported. Uh, and, and he is reluctant to even investigate. Why do you think that is? Because I think he's acting like a third grader, Brooke. I think he believes a third grader. this is going to... Maybe a fourth grader. I don't know it. My kids are older. Maybe he thinks this is the man you voted to be the president. Yes, but he, I, I think I don't think he fully gets it, Brooke. This is a. I mean, my God, they, we're Americans. This is a foreign government got involved in our election. I mean, I agree with Michael Morrell. That's like Russia attacked us, and for for Donald Trump to come out and attack our men and women in the CIA. I, I, th that's almost treasonous. Uh, Russia attacks us and Trump attacks the CIA. Almost treasonous. You know who, what kind of people commit treason? Traitors. I don't think that's far off the mark here. That president-elect Donald Trump is a traitor to our nation who is giving aid and comfort to the goddamn enemy. You know, how can someone who is so irrational <laughs> be so rational in another area? Right, right. You're talking about Joe Walsh. Yeah. He, yeah. this guy, I mean, he is a goofball on Twitter. Go yes. read his tweets. He's a, he's a radical. It, yeah. It's pretty, yeah. And it's a bummer for John Walsh, too, because John Walsh, great guy. Joe Walsh. Oh, you mean because their names are close? Yes. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, wait a minute, Joe Walsh, John Walsh. I yeah, get a little. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. listen to how he was speaking. He was being so rational. Yeah. And saying, listen, this isn't about party. This shouldn't be about party. And for a guy who's as radical as Joe Walsh to be saying that, it says something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, let's let's temper this. We got to remember a, a couple things about Donald Trump. You know, I'm like a smart person. He's a really smart person, Brittany. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't need a daily intelligence briefing yeah. from the United States. Maybe he's getting it elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe Putin is delivering him a daily intelligence briefing via some secure email service. But he doesn't need it from us because... I don't have to be told, you know, I'm like a smart person. 
I don't have to be told the same thing and the same words every single day for the next eight years. Could be eight years, but eight years. It's disgusting. Yeah. Alarming. So I found a great article that describes what the president's daily brief is the from the New York Times. Yeah, yeah. And since we talked about it last time, I thought it would be good to go in depth. What is the president's daily brief? Why it's so important. Right. So it's a summary of high-level intelligence and analysis about global hotspots and national security threats written by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. While the intelligence community produces many reports and assessments, the president's daily briefing is written specifically for the president and his top advisors. Its origins trace back to the daily intelligence summary given to President Truman starting in 1946, according to the CIA. Its current form began with CIA briefings for President Johnson in 1964. So what's in it? Well, the intelligence community tailors the president's daily briefing to each president's interests and style of absorbing information. (laughs) Right. So it's a picture book for Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) At times, the briefing has included a deep dive into a specific question that a president may have asked or information that briefers believed he needed to know, such as early August 2001 briefing Mr. Bush received at his Texas ranch reporting that Osama bin Laden was determined to strike inside the United States. Right. Vital information. It's not you know, map data and demographic data of countries. We're talking about clear and present dangers to the United States in the form of terrorist threats. Right. And then another example, after the September 11th attacks, Mr. Bush received a supplement called the Threat Matrix, which listed more detailed intelligence about potential terrorist plans. Under President Obama, the brief has taken on some new topics and different forms, including a periodic update on cyber threats against the United States. Which Trump may or may not like to know because, you know, he already knows so many things. You know, I'm like a smart person. And there's also a difference on how the president prefers to get it. So President Bush preferred oral briefings as well as the document that came with it. And then President Obama prefers to read it on a secure tablet computer that lets him kind of go through it and underline specific details that he he needs to know. Sure, sure. So... Is it dangerous to not receive this each day? Several former senior intelligence officials said that getting the briefing every day is not strictly necessary, especially if Mr. Trump delegates substantial amounts of authority to his subordinates. But they stress that regular briefings are still important because it is helpful in a fast-moving crisis if a president already has a baseline knowledge about topics. Absolutely. Such as foreign leaders' thinking and military abilities. Also, briefings permit a president to quiz briefers on inconsistencies and questions of facts or interpretations that form the basis for the most important national security decisions. Those only the president can make. <laughs> right. Well, listen, he's saying that, look, I'm not getting the daily briefing. I'm getting, maybe once a week, maybe, but I don't need it because I'm, you know, I'm, a, you know, I'm like a smart person. I'm like a smart person. But uh, Mike Pence, my vice president, he's getting it every day. Yeah. Look, but he, he's not, he can't make those decisions. The president alone can make certain decisions relative to troop movements, relative to deployments, relative to military strikes. That is a presidential duty, not a vice presidential duty. Right. And the the part in here about the baseline knowledge, 
that's what seems most important to me because Donald Trump, although he's saying that he's a smart person, this is not his area. Right. Okay. So he needs to be educated on what's going on. And he doesn't know. You can't just know what's going on. Well, especially having zero government experience whatsoever. It's not like he came out of the Senate and was chairman of the Intelligence Committee, the Select Intelligence Committee. He he doesn't know anything at all about how the government works, about how our intelligence apparatus works, about how they gather data, about how they analyze that data. He doesn't know anything. He needs these, especially in the beginning, he needs these briefings every goddamn day. If this was a briefing about shady business dealings, of course, he wouldn't need to know this. Right. He'd he'd be already up to speed. (laughs) Yeah, but this is different, right? It's very different. It's unlike anything he's dealt with in his entire stupid life. So this New York Times article also says it is the job of the intelligence community to figure out how to brief Mr. Trump so that he will recognize the value of the intelligence. Pop-up book. (laughs) Uh, One suggestion was that they try to be more succinct. Maybe in tweet form. Right, right. 140 characters per per briefing. Short attention span. <laughs> Maybe have uh, Alec Baldwin give it <laughs> during the cold open on yeah, SNL. Because you know he'd be paying attention to that. Yeah. Because he watches, CN, or he watches uh, SNL religiously. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we are going to wrap it up there. But before we go, one last beautiful segment. is the asshole of today. So this is one that I think every reasonable person can agree on. Well, it's also one that you are touched by. This is something that really gets sticks with you all the time. It's something that you talk about a lot. Yeah. Well, I'm particularly bothered by conspiracy theorists. I find them very difficult to communicate with generally any kind of conspiracy theorist, but the Sandy Hook conspiracy theorists, they call them Sandy Hook truthers. Yeah. I don't want to call them that. Sandy Hook conspiracy theorists. Assholes. Are hateful. Yeah. There was this this case recently, a woman in Florida. She was charged with making death threats to a father of a boy who was killed in the Sandy Hook Elementary School massacre. And... These people, it isn't just that they believe that this was a hoax, that this was a false flag operation advanced by the government to stir up support for gun control. Right. It isn't just that they believe that craziness. It is that they harass the families that lost their babies. Yeah. Now... So never letting them heal at all. No. From the wound of losing their children in a violent atrocity. And this happened in 2012. So yeah. it's been four years. And and there's still situations where parents who lost their babies are getting death threats. Because people go onto these websites, do not care about facts, and then harass these parents. And we have an interview with Anderson Cooper, and, and this parent is the father of Noah Posner, who was six years old. And he is the man who received death threats from this woman in Florida. Just to put this to bed, let me be clear. Their claim is insane. I was there. I talked to the families. I was invited into their homes in some cases. I saw a grieving family's pain. They were not crisis actors. 
they were real parents suffering unimaginable loss. It doesn't even need to, to, uh, to be said like that. Recently, I talked by phone to uh, Len Posner, Noah's dad. He didn't want his face to be shown or his location named. He understandably wants to avoid more harassment. I know you can't give many details about, about the case since it's obviously ongoing. Um, is there anything you can say, say about it, what some of the nature of the threats were, or at least how, how often does, does this kind of thing happen? Well, the, the voicemails that were left by, um, by this individual, they're available online so that they can be heard. Um, and they're, they're, they're pretty intense. Um, I know that when I got the notification on my phone, I was with my kids, and the voicemail started to autoplay, and I very quickly had to turn off the phone because uh, the kids would have, you know, were starting to overhear what was said. And I just, I still remember just the chills that ran down my body hearing that particular voicemail. So it's really, you know, it's over the top. I think, you know, for most Americans, they probably don't have much idea of the kind of vitriol that's out there by a very small number of people, but are directed toward not only you, but other uh, parents of, of, of kids who were killed at Sandy Hook, anybody who reported on Sandy Hook. There are all these people who, frankly, don't believe that Sandy Hook happened. Well, a lot of people say that it's a small number that think this way, but my experience tells me that it's not a small number of people. Um, it's a small number of people that are as vocal about it. Um, a lot of people just keep it to themselves. Um, it's it's an expression of... Uh, it, there's just hate. It's online hate. And, um, and it's kind of like I, I describe it as a thought virus because it this this hoax concept just continues to spread so um with every every you know mass casualty event or with every public incident um it's immediately labeled a hoax um by this certain circle of people that are on the web so you may know some Sandy Hook conspiracy theorists. I would agree with him that it's not a small number of people because I know many of these people. Yeah. I went to high school with some of these people. I had one of their comments on, on a memorial type of post about this. One of, one of their vile, hateful comments about this uh, forwarded to me. And it's disturbing. Mm -hmm. It's really disturbing because, again, it's been four years and these people are grieving still. They'll probably always be grieving right. the loss of, course, of their child. Of and to have this community of people that are on these websites that they don't know anything. Right. And they always say, do your research, all the bullshit. So many, all of this has been debunked. These, these crisis actors, the photos of the of the girls who look relatively similar. There's a YouTube video out there. We'll put it on the Facebook page of a guy who went through and he, he named the different people and showed their Facebook profiles and that they have, they are different people who look eh, marginally similar in those specific photos. But when you... 
it, they're not the same people. They're not. And listen, whenever I see this, I try to fight against it, but it's impossible. They are impervious to facts and they, you know, talk about do your research and they don't know what research is or well, they evidence. They scream false flag yeah. every five fucking seconds. So it's it's really disturbing. But the the victims' families have set up a website. It's honr.com. And this is an organization. You can go to the website. You can donate. And this is what their mission is. Families in grief have the right to do so in peace and dignity. Regrettably, victims' families are being cheated out of this basic human dignity and being subjected to unspeakable harassment in an, on an ongoing basis. We need to band together as a community of caring individuals and act to stop these abusers from inflicting any further harm to people who have committed no crime and simply want to be left alone to grieve their loved ones and live out the rest of their lives in peace so i don't know exactly how they plan to take on these people or how they plan to address these websites but i I think they're working on it because it seems to be a pretty big problem well i think listen the websites i think they have a, a constitutional right to say they're stupid shit but you don't have a constitutional right to call and harass someone constantly you don't you don't have a right to threaten someone that is not a constitutional right that's against the goddamn law so there needs to be an aggressive approach at, at prosecuting if they are taking their conspiracy nutter butter bullshit to the next level where they start harassing the victims. That's where I draw the line. It's one thing if you're a conspiracy theorist about this, whatever. But if you start harming people in the process, that's a completely different story. That's where the, the line needs to be drawn. So I, good choice, Brittany. Asshole of today. Absolutely. Sandy Hook Truthers, asshole of today. All right. We're going to leave you there. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us twice a week or as often as you do. If you'd like to support the show other than listening those twice a week episodes, you can donate through Patreon or PayPal. You go to patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore or dollamore.com slash PayPal. Or if you want to finish up, get some stocking stuffers, finish up your holiday shopping, go to dollamore.com slash Amazon, follow it through to amazon.com and shop to your heart's content. Another way, leave us a review on iTunes. All those go a long way. We appreciate it very, very much. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been... I doubt it. Yeah, and you download the song, and it, it says that it's by the wrong artist, so you go your whole life believing it's the wrong artist, and then you tell people that, and then they make fun of you, and this isn't a personal story. I'm just saying that that could happen, potentially. 